about it. We are live for episode 140 of the Wise Guys Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Capazello, and back with me again is Adrian Pinetas, and we are here to discuss UFC 295, the 30th anniversary show of the UFC main evented by Pereira Brohashka. We got two new world champions in the heavyweight and the light heavyweight division and also some other fun fights that happen. All finishes, five finishes, which is crazy. <sighs> we're going we're gonna to discuss what's next following UFC 295, Adrian, and uh, we're going to dive into some uh, other comments and maybe some fights that have been announced over the uh, – past week since we have uh, last discussed with each other. But first, before we get into all of that, please, if you're watching this video, give us a thumbs up, like, subscribe if you are new, share the content, and uh, follow us all on our social medias, mine, Adrian's, the Wise Guy stuff. Links are all in the description. Click it up, like it up, follow it up. It helps us out, and we appreciate it, and we love you very much for it. So much. Thank you. Um, But... Adrian, how are you doing this fine Monday night, November 13th, 2023? Ready to get into it, honestly. Ready to get into it. Um, a lot of good things to talk about. A lot of interesting things to get get uh, 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 out there to you guys and definitely get uh, speculating, too. Finally have somebody. <laughs> I'm just happy to sit in the draw for the <laughs> heavyweight. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's some, side of, some sort of... Uh, foundation for light heavyweight so that's nice but um same thing with uh just a lot of question marks with heavyweight just basically is what is going to be speculation and i uh, would love to hear from everybody else and and i uh, would love to hear from you how did how are you doing how did you spend your weekend and how did you enjoy these cards and these fights this 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 fight card was uh incredible like i mentioned before five finishes i mean it it breezed right through i think it ended around 12 30 if i'm not mistaken maybe a tad bit earlier on the east coast uh i should say for us it 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 blew through i mean from start to finish i mean obviously we're going to talk about it from lopes all the way to Pereira. Uh, it was action-packed it was violent um heavy hands were thrown and finishes were had Mm -hmm. so let's get into the main event. Alex Pereira versus Yuri Prohashka. Starting this up. The fight to finally crown the new undisputed light heavyweight championship, Adrian. Yuri obviously being out for over a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Former champ relinquished the championship. Pereira, former middleweight champ, moving up. Second fight. Right out of the gate. Uh, the the obvious thing was the leg kicks played an in, in, in instant impact right away. It took about three, if I'm not mistaken, before we all started seeing the welting and the damage being seen on Yuri and his uh, – because Yuri likes to move a lot. We all know that. He likes to you know move around and do all these crazy little things and movements. And and that was uh, – he still tried to. He still did it because Yuri's just a – he's a fucking wild man, so he's just going <laughs> to fight through that shit. But – um, it, it obviously did play a factor because we could see him dragging uh, his leg while he was trying to do those uh, those movements and stuff. But, I mean, even even before the fight, though, I mean, the stare downs between these guys. I mean, it, it, these guys did, like, not take take their eyes off each other. I know Pereira was the stoic one, but Yuri was not taking his eyes off of Pereira a, a, as well. Um, these two were just focused in and... and the anticipation that was building when this fight started was uh was was immense and so the first round like i said it started off right like kicks played an instant factor and then uh yuri was able to get the takedown later on in the round and uh control land a couple of elbows right but i gave it to Pereira the first round i, I simply did it off of comp- uh, damage uh three leg kicks four it was, it was a little more than that but the leg kicks were obviously the most damaging part of that round and the thing that you took away from the most from round one. So I gave round one to Pereira. But round two, Yuri was winning that up until, obviously, the the TKO. Uh, Yuri was actually starting to find his groove a little bit, land some big shots, rock rock uh, Pereira. Um, but he got caught and he got dropped to a knee. Shot for a takedown, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, some big shots were landed on him. Then some big elbows. 
I should say some big punches were landed on him, then some big elbows. And he kind of fell backwards. Pereira was in basic mount, and the fight was called right there. Um, so I'm gonna, I am gonna—I want to get your thoughts on the fight before we get into the the finish and if either of us had a problem with it. So what did you, you know, I pretty much articulated the, the almost the entire fight, but what did you think? Uh, did you differ in any of the opinions I offered? Do you want to add anything, Adrian? What, what, did, what did you think of the fight? Yeah, I mean, I actually, I actually had Jerry winning that first round, personally. I could understand why somebody would, excuse me, uh, end up picking Alex to win that first round. Because from the first leg kick, you saw Jerry kind of like, lose his footing he kind of lost his balance and swept that first lead leg right up right under, out from under him and then he was just the that was the name of the game for alex he i think that was probably the game plan just keep this guy in front of him uh take away the mobility take away the weirdness take away the uh the bounce back ability from jerry because i think that's what glober actually you know was somebody who would stand and bang with him but not as prolific with the kicks as as alex at all so you know, that was a good addition to that game plan, and I think they figured him out pretty well. But also at the same time, I think I did have Jerry winning that first round based off of his ground control and based off of I thought he did a good amount of damage on the ground. And on top of that, um, going into the next round, I agree that uh, Jerry did look like I had – he had uh, Alex uh, pretty uh, in a bad position. He hit him with a, a nice straight right hand right up the middle, and uh, it looked like it pushed uh, – Alex put the pressure, pushed him all the way back to the – to the cage, but with both of these dudes, you know how they are. When you start putting pressure on these dudes, they're wild animals. They're gonna they're gonna swing back at you, especially with Pereira's check hook. And yeah, that's all it took. That check hook, a couple of those hammer fists, a couple of those mean elbows. I think, excuse me, uh, dropped uh, Jerry down to that knee. Like you said, he tried to wrap him up a little bit. It always looked like he was already dropped from the the left right hook combination. And uh, uh, I I would have obviously you don't like seeing fighters take more damage at all. But I think that uh, at least one strike on the ground to solidify the dominance of the position, I don't think that it was as like, I don't think anybody needs to be convinced that that was a dominant position to be in as Alex Pineda. But, you know, basically past the guard, full mount up on under his arms, basically. His legs were basically at his neck at that point when he fell backwards. So I, I can understand the stoppage. Yuri said he was out. So what are you going to say about that? What are we going to argue about that? But at the same time, I will take back that he did have that one recent interview that he said he was out and he came back. And, you know, so it, it is a title fight to each their own. I personally would have liked to see at least one or two yeah. strikes on the ground to solidify that positioning and that that situation. One thing. So before I get to the uh, the finish, right, I would offer because you said you scored it for Yuri that round one. I would just so. But you said you understood the reasoning of why you would give it to Alex. It's just to me, I got a toss up round. Yeah, yeah, absolutely a toss up yeah, round. To me, depending it was on what more you like, there was control on the ground right from Yuri. Mm -hmm. But other than like, I think it was three elbows at maximum um, that didn't do obviously that much damage. That's where I was like, okay, I'm not gonna give him that. And then Alex, obviously the the mm -hmm. leg kicks. Um, if I'm not mistaken, did he drop? Yuri with one of the leg kicks. I know they don't count them as like knockdowns. Um, I'm I'm not too. I'm not. I I'm not gonna say that I I can fully recall that. I, I, I do. I like do I remember see him. A lot of those those kicks taking away his balance, being visibly damaging. Like yes. it, it does look. It they did look like they stung. Nobody wanted it to yeah. eat those things. And, and that <laughs> is what the uh, that's what the judges look for most of it. Obviously, well, that, that's what I'm told that they look for because uh, uh, John McCarthy was there when they wrote the rules. Um, yep. That, that's what he says is that the judges, that. Are, are, the judges look for damage. So that's, you know, um, but in, in terms of the finish, right? Sometimes you never know what these judges are looking at though. I'm that's just going to throw that. Yeah. Obviously a lot of, a lot of things are, yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead. In terms of the finish though, I, I instantly, it was like, Me I tweeted well. about it. I tweeted about it right away. I said, I understand where Mark Goddard is coming from. I would have let let it go a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Like I understand what he saw, which was, and you can see it in the replays. Yuri kind of full. It look, it sucks because it. The argument can be had that yes, Yuri. It looks like Yuri folds, and that and Alex topples on top of him. Mm -hmm. But it also the the argument can be had that just the momentum 
and and balance of Alex just kind of toppled on top of Yuri and he wasn't completely out. And I know you said he said he was out, but he was also probably concussed Capable at that point in time. And his up, English yeah. is not the the best, even though he's very good at it and he's got more skills than I can in the language. I can't even learn his language or or let alone Spanish. So I'm not gonna talk shit about that. But I'm just saying we saw in the Johnny Walker fight possibly a, a language barrier there. So. A, that's where I, all I say. I I understand where Mark Goddard is coming from. Who is a great ref, a great ref, not taking anything. Mm. Mark Goddard is one of the best of the best. But I would have let it go uh, gone a little farther for a couple of reasons. One, you mentioned championship fight. Two, we've seen Yuri Prohashka get rocked and come back. Like we've, we've seen, seen that from multiple fighters. Yeah. Benson Henderson even talks and, about it. And, and number three. And I'm if I'm not I don't know if it was Mark Goddard last year. I think it it was in Pereira versus Adesanya in the first MMA fight, which was also an MSG a year ago, which also was an early stop. I still believe was an early stoppage. I still don't believe that that stoppage was a correct stoppage. I felt it was early then. I still feel it now a year later. For Pereira, the first Pereira fight, the first Pereira, yeah, yeah, yeah the first Pereira Adesanya fight. I think it was Mark Goddard that was referee. It was that Mark Goddard. Too. I think so. So Adesanya did have that reaction. And, and I do like Mark, Mark Goddard a lot. He makes a lot of right decisions, obviously. And being an MMA referee, while it's not the hardest job in, in in the world, which some people make it out to be, which it's just not. Like, try being an open-heart surgeon. I would imagine that is much more uh, difficult than being an MMA ref. I'm not saying it's not difficult, but there's balances here, right? Mm. Just feel like Yuri deserves for those three reasons. You know, championship fight. We've seen Yuri get dropped, rocked, and come back before, and it it, it feels a, another a la last year MSG Adesanya early stoppage. Yuri early st- to me early stoppage. Not saying that the fight wouldn't have been the same outcome with Alex just winning and and raining down more big shots, but you never know. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. momentum of Alex could have shifted. We've seen, we saw it insane. Sh- just go back and watch the Yuri Glover fight. You've seen insane <laughs> shit. Okay. D- yep. d- that's all I'm saying. That's but what I Yuri guess pointed to the Dominic Reyes fight, his Dominic Reyes fight. When he, oh. that he, he recently had an interview. He said he was literally knocked out. He was out and he came back and he managed to win the fight. So Benson Henderson though. talked about it too. So um, it is just a, it, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. It comes down to fighter safety. And yeah. how much you're willing to like risk that or how much these you're willing to give the leash, loosen the leash. Because at the end of the day, like you said, it's a title fight. Any fighter who's in that position that is at that level of fighting will tell you, leave me in there. Some of these guys yeah. are crazy enough. They'll, they'll want to die in there. And then respectfully, I know Yuri would do that. Like, yeah. like we all hear the way he talks. Look at the, like, look at this. He's a stoic warrior. He's the type of guy who's out there sitting in the cold samurai dude. Like these are the, the this is the era of the stoic warrior like mysterious guys like they're they're doing their their whole thing and I love everything what it's about but at the end of the day we have to also understand that they're human we got to also understand that sometimes I think we should look back at like a Glover speech when he would fought Jamal Hill sometimes they're too tough for their own good and yeah. they, people got families people got futures and you know we gotta I, I understand where Mark is coming from but I also like I said probably a few strikes. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing, yeah, nothing major. Um, all right, so that wraps up the main event. So on to the co-main event. I'm not gonna say I kind of told everybody so, but I mean I've been calling this for a minute. I've been singing this guy's praises, Mr. Tommy Aspinall. Tommy Aspinall. Aspinall. Tommy Aspinall. Na, 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 na. Let's go. Tom Aspinall is your new UFC interim heavyweight champion of the world after knocking out Sergey Pavlovich in a minute and nine seconds. But holy hell was that minute. And I love the hype. I love the excitement. I love the excitement. I love the, 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 the uh, you know, the excitement behind Tom Aspinall. I love the fandom behind Tom Aspinall. I think everybody's cool. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great personality. Great, Going to be a great champion. But – with all that comes the question marks in the division of we're not gonna get going into on? that right now, Adrian. Don't rain on the praises. We'll look past that. We'll look yeah, past no. that. My let's sing the praises. Let's sing the, the praises of Tom Aspinall first. Let's let's discuss this. Uh, let's go. Nine seconds 
that it lasted. Sergey versus Aspinall. I mean, from I'm looking at the counting numbers, it looked like Sergey only landed that uh, that one shot. He was one for seven on all his shots, but that one mm. shot was the one that woke Tom up right away. I mean, you, I felt it there. I was like, oh, oh, and we all yep. saw it visibly. The uh, mouthpiece was almost popped out of his mouth. You saw his head shiver back. He whiplashed him, and you just saw him like wide-eyed wake up like, oh. Okay. Yep. This guy hits really, really fucking hard. <laughs> and and from that point on, you saw Tom say, "Okay, it, it, the game plan is be in and out. Use my speed, use my movement, and my quickness and agility to beat this power guy." Mm-hmm. And did he ever? He started going to work. He started going to town. He started teeing off those big shots and hit a perfect combo with the second shot coming right behind the ear wobbling the big giant in Sergei Pavlovich, dropping the big bear and the other shots uh, on the ground weren't even necessary because Pavlovich was already done. It was, it was, it was a, a, a done deal at that point. But Tom Aspel is your new UFC interim heavyweight champion. And uh, just what a performance, what a ride this guy has been on. Like I said, I told you, Adrian, last week that I've been, I, I peeped this guy three fights into his UFC career in uh, February. I'm looking at February 20th, 2021, when he beat Andre Olofsky by submission in the second round. Mm. That's when I said, oh, eyes open. This guy is the future. Nice. And mm-hmm. he's only 30 years old. And I- I'm telling you right now, every single fight that he's been in in the UFC has be- has ended via finish. He's actually, in his entire career, he's never gone the distance. Um, he's only gone to the second round, midway of the second round, and he's just on a complete high. I mean, he's got finishes over Andre Olaski, Sergey Sp- uh, Spivak, Alexander Volkov, um, Mar- Marcin Terbura, and now Pavlovich. And that Curtis Blades fight obviously wasn't even Curtis Blades that messed up his leg. It was just a, a movement, and that that knee was just going to snap regardless of what happened. And I just I'm saying all this basically just to, to sing this man's praises because I, I, this man is neck like he is not even next he's now, um, hmm. he is so good. The movement at heavyweight where he moves like a middleweight, the power, the effortless power, the effortless power. You know I go back to that quote of Connor that I think I'm probably gonna a uh, butcher. You know speed beats power. But precision beats speed. No, yeah, it's that's exactly what time timing happened. timing beats power and power or and, uh, precision beats speed. Or no, precision yeah. beats power. Power. Uh, we're butchering it up, yeah, but you get it, you get it, where we're it. coming from, and that's really what it was: <laughs> speed beating the power, and then the precision the precision of the shot behind the ear knocking him out. And, and you go back to the Tybura fight where he, he even says afterwards, "It was a shot. I wasn't even trying to knock the guy out." Effortless power there, the speed, the movement. And we've seen his groundwork. He's elite on the ground. And you know, and heavy, and everybody knows in heavyweight MMA, there's a dime a dozen. I mean, obviously, you got John Jones, right? And you got Curtis Blades, who's a wrestler. But his jujitsu, I don't think we've ever seen really tested because there's not many jujitsu practitioners in the heavyweight division. We got Jelton Almeida. Obviously, he wasn't able to get the finish on Derek Lewis, but we know he's got that threat of jujitsu. His wrestling is just ass, right? <laughs> and 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 for Tom and and Stipe can handle himself in the wrestling department, but he's obviously not going to do that anymore at like forty plus years of age. But Tom, Tom can take you down. And Tom can quit. We saw it in the in the Volkov fight. How quickly he got that fight to the ground and instantly got the finish with the submission. Mm-hmm. The elite level skill set of Tom Aspinall. I did, and I'll throw it to you after this, uh, Adrian. This is what I said. Uh, I think it was almost uh, uh, over a year ago. I think at this point, I was like, if there's one guy that I think has a shot to beat John Jones. It's this guy, Tom Aspinall, right here. I'm mm-hmm. not saying I would pick Tom to win if they if they had a fight, if they matched up. I would pick John because John, to me, is the greatest of all time. I've I've spilled that enough on this show. Scariest man of all to, uh, of all to, on the planet, the best man on the planet, the, the greatest of all time, everything, all that, right? Mm-hmm. I would pick him. But I would understand, with all that being said, Tom Aspinall is a live player in this heavyweight division what say you adrian about everything that i said and the night that was tom asmal versus sergey pavlovich oh man i mean i agree with everything you said i mean tom aspinall was 
the star, the key moment he came in and uh, did what he did to um, – uh, I'm sorry, Volkov. And I think that he started stamping his name into this uh, division real fast with all these first-round finishes. Same thing with Sergey. Um, if you watch the uh, the post conference press, uh, the post conferences I do, I like to see what's next, and I like to see how some of these fighters react to um, certain wins or losses, depending on who shows up and who doesn't. And um, uh, Tom talked about how there's a there's a, apparently there's a uh, there's a heavyweight or there's a there's an inner ranking circle. There's a ranking circle, and now Sergey is the guy that nobody wants to fight. You know, Sergey's no the guy nobody wants to fight that dude. Like that dude was scary. He was the scary guy of the heavyweight division. And I think Tom, although with the fandom, everybody had these question marks about uh, whether or not his striking was going to live up to Sergey's. And uh, he, he proved a lot of people wrong. Uh, he, he proved that he could uh, go into a second gear. The question is now, if he does manage to get this fight with John Jones. Would John Jones even allow Tom to get to that second gear before? Because John has already proven it with Sarogan that he will take you down. And he will do what he has to do before you can even blink. You know, he's not sitting here waiting. He's not sitting here looking for a bloodbath. He's going to efficiently dismantle you. He will dismiss. He would. He will. He will figure out figure you out. He's going to figure out what you like, what you don't like. And how he's gonna get in, get out, and get his bag, you know. <laughs> and so Tom, I think, uh, has a shot. I really do. I, 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 th- I agree. I agree with that sentiment, especially with the John Jones of now. Who knows how he's gonna look like after injury? Who's gonna look like after eight months? Uh, it's we obviously know that John Jones of heavyweight is not John Jones of light heavy, but you know he does look as impressive as anybody could imagine. John Jones at this age. So we will have to see about. If he can even get that fight, but to come back to sing praise, praise is like wow, what a like, what a performance, just what a performance. Yeah, I mean, listen, and we'll we'll go on to the heavyweight division talk, right? The looming question of what's going on in the heavyweight division. So we've got John Jones is obviously the undisputed heavyweight champion. We've got Tom Aspinall as the interim UFC heavyweight champion, and we've got Stipe Miocic, who is looking like he's going to fight John Jones for the undisputed title. John is obviously out with a torn pectoral muscle. I think I read it's six to eight months, I believe, somewhere in that time frame for a torn pec. Um, again, it, it can all vary on how John attacks the uh, the rehab and the physical therapy and all that stuff, how um, how his body reacts to it and, and, and all that stuff, right? I mean, he is an elite-level athlete. We, we've seen elite-level elite athletes come back from crazy shit. Um also, with the now to interrupt just a minute with mm-hmm. the now the uh, the addition of the news of sorry the the switching of the company I'm forgetting I'm blanking on the name Usada Usada is no oh Usada going to be testing so who, who knows what test what what exactly performance oh, they're not, they're they will and will not be testing for so who knows if John will be able to take something that'll speed up that process you know so. It could. could. I mean, Who knows what they will and will, will be tested for? That's just. I always add that because there is the McGregor aspect too to that. That's it to add the old notion. But yeah, I want people to know that we could see John Jones sooner than expected. You could. You could. I mean, it, it depends. Um, I'm kind of eyeballing um, summer um, mm-hmm. as the earliest that that we could see that. Uh, and, and like I said, I've stood pat. We're getting John Jones versus Stipe Miocic next. Uh, I'm sorry it, it, that that's I know a lot of people are, you know, crawling and, and all that stuff about it. And they're saying the fight to make is Jones Aspinall. But <laughs> I agree with you, but you're wrong because it's John Jones and he gets to dictate John Jones's future because he's the fucking greatest of all time. And when you are the goat, you get that type of cachet where you get to call your own shot. All right, so I hear some people say, oh, well, look at Yiri. He relinquished the title. Look at Jamal Hill. He got straight. Look at, look at this guy. He got straight. Again, we're talking about John Jones, the GOAT, okay? You don't want to upset John Jones where now he's pissed off and you don't get another John Jones fight. For how much, how much is made of the UFC is the UFC 
and it doesn't matter who's fighting because that company is going to stay strong. 100% agree with you. But guess what? The stars do matter too. And the UFC doesn't want, it's not good for business for the UFC to let a big star like John Jones, their GOAT, walk, not, not for another company, but basically just put on ice and not fight anymore because you pissed him off and you, you, you don't want to piss off John Jones by killing his legacy fight that he wants with Stipe Miocic. Because if you put Tom Aspinall with Stipe, and I'm not saying Stipe would lose that fight, but Tom has a very, very good shot of winning. I would pick Tom to win that fight. You don't want to kill that goose where now John Jones goes, oh, well, you just, you know, I, I mean, because we can kill two birds with one stone anyway. You can have, you can have your cake. I should say you can have your cake and eat it too. Jones can fight Stipe and fight Tom. All right. Those two things can happen. This is how I picture it. You have Jones and Stipe fight, and I believe Jones gets the job done. You have Tom fight somebody, maybe a Cyril Gone, a Curtis Blades, one of those two guys, or you put Cyril Gone versus somebody, and maybe the winner of that fight fight uh, fights Tom in the middle of next year. Because we're not getting Tom Aspinall versus John Jones till possibly late next year, if not early 2025. So he, Tom has to stay active, right, is what I'm getting at. And I would imagine Tom probably wants some time off. He even said in the post-fight press conference. And we forgot to mention, Tom fucked his back up right before the fight. So, but also, had... go ahead. What do we? What do we? What do we like? Okay, so let's say you're the interim champion of the world. Okay. What do you? Are you going to defend your title? It, it, that's my only option. Yeah. No, 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 no. But if Dana goes up to you, I mean, if you're, of course, like you have to, you have, if you're only option and you're the champion, of course you're going to have to defend your title. But Dana even said in the presser, like Tom can take some time off. He's got enough money. But if I'm the champ, the interim champ, and a lot of people's interim championship status is not really looked at as fondly as undisputed. So what am I defending this interim belt for? I'm sitting back and waiting for Jones and Steepa to happen. But here's the thing. Is we're not. This isn't the number one seed versus the number eight seed. This isn't like a seven game series. This isn't even also just like a real like wash of a fight. Like this is a this is a something that Jones could actually like anything can happen in MMA. That's the beauty oh, yeah, of the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if he loses this fight, we'll we won't see the Jones Aspinall fight. And well, I'm you could. I mean, if, okay if Jones, with that. But if I'm Jones not, loses, if Jones loses that fight, we're getting a rematch of Stipe versus Jones. Probably most definitely. Yeah. yeah. But then that's the, but then here's the question though. You still have Tom just sitting there as an interim. Champ. That's why I told you Adrian that you're going to, you've got to fight. You have to defend the interim championship. I, personally, I as a fighter, I would be, I would be pissed. I'd be like, yo, what are these guys doing running the back? I already sat away once to let this dude's fight once. I'm not letting them fight again. That belt should be, I should be fighting for that belt. That yeah. I, I, I mean, then you know I understand the whole Stipe and meritocracy. No, this, this isn't a democracy no, at all. I agree that this this time. this league was built on the back of our, these fighters, and also uh, Dana doing his thing, of course. But yeah, man, like I understand this fight is like okay, you have John Jones fighting. You already you already took a gamble, getting back in the UFC, going to heavyweight already. He didn't want to, but now he's there. He really is doing something he doesn't really want to do. Mm-hmm. But legacy changing whatsoever. So, but now you add the Stipe fight. So that's just cherry on top. You have the greatest UFC heavyweight. Some want to consider him the greatest heavyweight of all time. Yeah. Then you have the greatest fighter of all time to many. Yes. And that's the legacy fight. That that's a money fight, and that that's a legacy fight. So of course that fight entices both of these fighters. But it's just it gets to a point where if that fight happens, of course, even Tom realizes like let, let that fight happen. Those guys are legends. Let it happen. Yeah. But if it happens and DeJong loses, what? Oh, okay. But why am I going to sit here and wait for a second fight? Like I, I personally would be like, all right, my turn. Let me fight. Let me fight Stipe for that belt. And if I beat Stipe, well, Stipe then John, then I'll fight John for the belt afterwards. But I'm not sitting here waiting for a rematch. No yeah. way. So, so I hear you. Let's clear it up. Jones Stipe happens. If Jones wins, Stipe is walking away. Stipe is not staying around. Jones yep. is 
Some people say 50-50. Some people say 25-75. I don't think he walks away because I think John Jones's competitive nature won't allow him to, uh, especially if I believe what I believe is going to happen, which is pro- probably probably Aspinall versus Cyril Gaon and Aspinall fucking Cyril Gaon up. No offense, uh, but we've seen the wrestling. We've seen the jujitsu. It is non-existent. It is absolutely non-existent. I think um, that I'll be able to take advantage of that. Nice uh, thumbs up there. <laughs> so Jones wins. Stipe walks away. I think Jones and Aspinall would happen because I think Tom would take care of Cyril Gaon. And I think at that point, and Jones acknowledged him. He said, great win champ. Um, you know, keep up the great work. You got a great career. Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And he's got stacked up wins. Um, so Jones would look at it and say like, okay, I'll fight this one thoroughbred that they're saying, okay, this is the one, right? Jones will go, this is the one, right? Like y'all said the past 12 times, this is the one. Okay, I'll entertain it one more time. And we get the final fight of Jones versus Aspinall and see, is this guy truly the one? And if he is the one, Adrian, then guess what? We're in for a rematch. And if Jones wins that fight, guess what? We're in for a trilogy and history is made. Either way, we cook it. People, let things work out. Jones wants what Jones wants, which is the greatest heavyweight in UFC history, MMA history, whatever call it, the most accomplished heavyweight. He wants that. He Mm. wants that because he wants that name on his resume. That is what it's about, people. We all know John Jones. He likes to stroke his own ego, which is great because he's the fucking GOAT and he's allowed to do that. Because if you look at the resume, it is unbelievable. Touchable, unfuckwittable, I should say. And adding that name of Stipe Miocic is a cherry on top, is a great accomplishment. So, yeah, we're going to get what we want, people. As long as Tom wins his next fight against uh, Cyril Gaon, which I believe it will be Cyril Gaon. It could be Curtis Blaze, but I think it'll probably be Cyril Gaon, which I don't believe either one deserves an opportunity at an interim or a world championship, but them's. Them's how it, it, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. And we all know that's how it happens. So I clear, I put it up as best as I possibly could for y'all. Um, it seems pretty clear to me, but that's because I'm listening to what Dana is telling me and I'm going off of an inkling of, they don't want to piss Jones off. That's why he keeps repeating. I mean, it goes back to the Colby Leon fight, right? This entire year, I know Dana says stuff and Dana says a lot of stuff, then he goes back on it, right? But he stayed pretty consistent about Leon Colby, didn't he? Leon Colby's next for almost a year. Leon Colby, Leon Colby, Leon Colby. We're getting Leon Colby. He has been very consistent. Jones Stipe, Jones Stipe, Jones Stipe. He had a meeting with Stipe before the fight and he said, are you going to retire after this? Stipe said, I am only focused on John Jones Basically, without saying this, this is basically it. Like I'm only focused on Jones and that's it. So we're going to get these fights and it's going to, and people, last thing I'll say, people are, you know, talking shit about the Stipe, you know, it's not going to be a super competitive fight. Stipe is going to have a shot. Stipe, it's going to go past around. Trust me. He's going to do much better than what Cyril, Stipe ain't no pushover even at 44 years old. All right. He's better than what Cyril Gaon did. It's about the, the, the spectacle. I talked about this last week, the spectacle, the, the aura around it. We're getting Jones fighting and we're getting Stipe fighting. That's a pretty big deal, but um, I blabbered on long enough. Um, next up, we'll just quickly go over the uh, rest of the, uh, the uh, main card. You, you can uh, Jessica and Draj getting a big finish over Mackenzie Dern. Um, you know, stayed with it. Mc- uh, you're muted, Adrian. Um, you, you, um, uh, we, we, Jessica really no, I can't hear you. Um, Jessica, you might have your headphones plugged in, or if they're they're um um if they're you you, you got to figure it out. Right. Uh, Jessica Andraj getting the finish over McKenzie in the second round, and four knockdowns. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Jesus Christ! I mean, she beat the shit out of McKenzie Dern. Uh, it wasn't you know the best thing to watch, but McKenzie, like I said, the striking's not very good. Um, she lands some good shots. She lands some good shots. I can't hear you. Um, she lands some good shots. Wasn't able to get the takedown. Uh, McKe- uh, no, McKe- Jessica was just uh, much, much too strong, much too powerful. 
and uh, Mackenzie wasn't able to do it. And, and like I said about Cyril Gaon and uh, those guys is wrestling, uh, Mackenzie Derns' is, uh, wrestling is very non-existent as well. Uh, her jiu-jitsu is incredible, is, is, is next level, but her her wrestling is absolutely non-existent. And and I don't um I don't know what Adrian will be back with us uh, real quick. I don't understand why Mackenzie Dern's wrestling is not very good. And I, I, I was listening to um, weighing in earlier, shout out weighing in. And, you know, Josh was speaking about this as well. And he was talking about how um, uh, he was talking about how here, you know, um, he was talking about how um, Mackenzie has been in the, the UFC for 12 fights now and she still can't wrestle. And he was talking like she's not even grade one wrestling, like level one wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that's eye-opening for me hearing a Josh Thompson say that because it's just – that's bad. You know, you got to – you have this insane skill set of I can sub basically any person in this division at any point in time, but you can't get the – how the fuck do you get the fight to the ground? If you can't take them down, then it just doesn't work. So – You've Absolutely. got to get with a team that teach that can get you to wrestle to that level where now it's like, okay, now you're a little bit more in trouble. What do you gotta say, Andrew? I think uh I agree most definitely with that sentiment that yeah, that uh your wrestling is at a zero. And <laughs> um, uh what happened was I think most of these fights to get it to the ground is through their striking game. I think that everybody in DC pointed it out that her striking looked like it was improving the fight by fight and it was permissible that her wrestling was not really there because her striking was what was getting people to the ground, knocking them down, forcing people to wrap up, forcing the fight to the ground anyway, and then getting those submissions. However, I think when then you put her up against a high-level striker like Jessica Andrade, and although not a wrestler in her own right, and as like she's she's got power like you're not just gonna sit there and stand and bang with her and I think same same game plan with Andrade same game plan with Alex. Pajeda, club kicks. The moment she took away Mackenzie's mobility, Mackenzie looked like she was a fish out of water. She looked like she was just she got hit by a truck a couple times, and then she was flailing just to just to fight back. And like you said, it wasn't a pretty bout. It looked like her striking really, really took a hit. And uh, she's gonna have to go back in the lab and fix figure something out because you can't just get your fights to the ground expecting to just outstrike somebody, especially when your striking is not up to par with somebody like a Jessica Andrade who's looking to get that belt back. Hundred percent. Um, next up, we had Matt the Steamroller Fravola. What a fight! Benoit Saint Denis. Another exciting ass fight. I mean, this this such a short all. fight, but just yep. such so much happened in such a short so amount of time. I mean, minute and a half. Um, At a DC Slam. Listen, uh, yeah, uh, Diaz Diaz <laughs> is very impressive. Um, he's going to be ranked in the top fifteen now for Vol. I think it was fourteen, so he'll be ranked. Uh, he'll be ranked either fourteen or thirteen uh, tomorrow, I believe. The rankings come out, um, and he called out. I mean, stupid callouts, but I mean, he called out Islam. He called out Gage. It's like you're not anywhere. You're not getting those fights. I mean, you're you got an impressive record, thirteen to one. You're getting finishes. Uh, you know, Moises last time. Now for Vola. You know, you keep stacking names up like that. That that'll get you to where you want to go uh, in the top t- top ranks of the lightweights. But <clears throat> that head kick was beautiful. I mean, I even saw it coming. I was like, "Oh shit, something bad's about to happen, bro." Once he started backpedaling, I was like, "Oh, I've seen this story before." Mm-hmm. And then what? Pah! Head kick to the dome, knocked out, finished. Uh, what'd you think about the fight? Um, Fravola got a little uh. Little uh, dropped his guard, you know. He he started getting his takedown. He started getting. He did his DC slam. Like I said, it looked like it was the fight that round was edging towards Frivola. Got up, escaped this situation, and before he could really get his bearings together, BSD just threw that that back leg kick, connected right on the top of the head, right next to the temple, and that's all she wrote. Now, how many times have we seen that? Like, I mean. His hands were up protecting his chin, but they it just gets right over, and that's just the way the game goes sometimes. So, yeah. very unforgiving sport, very unforgiving uh, situation, but that's the way the dice rolls. And there was the that was the name of the night. MSG was looking for finishes all night, and that's what happened. It was definitely was a, a finishing night. And speaking of another finish, uh, wrapping up the main card, the starting off Diego Lopes, another minute and a half. Fan favorite. Um, yep. 
taken out, which is crazy because they were in New York and Sabatini's from New York. But um, Lopes has definitely made a name for himself uh, in the UFC and, and likened him to the fans. Obviously, since his uh, last two fights, his comeback against uh, Ivalov, that's where he gained a lot of fan favor from a lot of people where he took that on short notice and Ivalov undefeated and he uh, was able to really prove himself. Um, yeah, another another great finish. Uh, Lopes is able to get the job done. He looks very, very impressive. Looks like he's hitting his stride. He's got freaking almost 30. He's got 29 professional MMA fights, so he's experienced. This is this is this is his moment now. He's taking advantage of it. And uh let's see if he if he can ride this to a top 15, top 10, or whatever in the featherweight division. Cause you know, the featherweight division could use some contenders uh for uh, uh up there. You know, got a lot of staleness up there. So not staleness in terms of excitement, but like we've seen a lot of them fight each other. So, you know, add a little lightning rod in there and uh Lopes with his uh, awesome haircut can add something to it. I shouldn't be talking shit about a haircut. I got terrible hairline. So. What did you think of the fight, Adrian? No, like I said, it was the name of the night. Uh, finish uh, first, quick finish. Um, we started just to really set the tone. I think uh, really rode the the wave of the crowd, rode the wave of the fi- fan hype. Um, it's just so crazy how the dude um, started getting his name off. Of, he lost. I think people forget that he lost, and a lot of people just gravitated towards him. And really likable, just the hair, the, like you said, the hair. I don't even know what's going on, but the dude, just like I said, just I think that, it, it, like you said, it's, it's adding an excitement to the featherweight division. It's just another win in the column for him after a bounce back win. So I think, like I said, a main card uh, appearance is going to start putting his name up there, and um, we'll see what, what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see if he ever gets to touch the likes of him. Um, a top five and uh who knows this anything can happen yeah um all right let's have let's let's discuss next up let's discuss what is next um we'll start with alex new light heavyweight champion pulling up the rankings right now so he fought yuri uh we obviously know john mahal john mahal sorry apologies um <laughs> from the away in podcast where uh one of the guys mistakenly said his name was Jamal Hall, and they keep calling him that. Uh, Jamal Hill. Um, he obviously was in the crowd. They panned to him a lot. Um, I, Dana said that he's ready to go, apparently. I don't know how that's possible. This man tore his Achilles tendon in July. Um, that's not even six months. Uh, don't believe that's possible. Maybe this Aaron oh. Rodgers surgery they're talking about I don't is want to hear real. It. Nope, nope, not real, not real. You're going to freaking fuck your leg up and end your career and possibly have to amputate your leg if you try that. Who knows, who knows? No, I know, I know, I know, I know. And I don't even have to Kobe wasn't here for rest in peace for the the ankle, the Achilles uh, Um, update. But apparently it's working. We got Pereira as the champ. So we obviously talked about we got Ankaliyev and Johnny Walker. The rematch is set for the first fight, I believe, back in January because they take that little break in December to January. The first fight back, the main event, uh, five-round fight. We got that fight. Um, I, I could easily see that. I could see if Johnny Walker gets the job done in, in crazy fashion, I could see them easily giving Johnny Walker, uh, making Johnny Walker Pereira because I don't believe Jamal Hill is, is ready. I don't think Jamal Hill is going to be ready till summertime, dude. This you know, Achilles tendon takes at least a year. Like at every every situation, you look at any Achilles tendon tear, it takes at least a year. And and it's not like it's not something you can take lightly, lightly, right? So I don't believe he's back back this this soon. He's not, and I, I, honestly, the summer is pushing it because that's only a year. Like usually it might be a couple more months because you obviously want to uh, take a little bit cautiousness with then you got to go through fight camp and stuff like that. So I think Alex takes a little extended time off. Obviously, uh, he has fought a lot. Um, um, he fought literally last in, in July and then he fought in April before that. I mean, it's been, you know, back to back to back to back. So takes a little time off. Uh, we got Johnny Walker and, and Ankalaev. We've got uh, Yuri and Rackage, who is returning now, a rematch of that fight where Rackage got injured. Yeah, I feel like, you know, take some time off and uh, see how Jan, well Jan Rackage. Jan Rackage, yeah, blocking yeah, yeah. it. Um, um, yeah, take take time off, see how those two fights play out, and we'll, uh, we'll revisit this topic in uh, January when those two fights play out. 
Yeah, the fight schedule is for the 16th of January. So I think Dana played it smart. He gave himself a window for because we know Alex is an active champion. He wants some way to he wants some he wants to keep fighting. So and he even said it. So he said whoever's next, whoever's next. He did call out Izzy, which was a questionable call out. Um, I understand why you know with the whole sentiment of Izzy, you know his his situation going on and uh, feeling like he's a talented fighter. But you know at the end of the day. We'll, we'll uh, let Izzy rest if he wants to, and we'll actually just look at the, the guys in the pool. And like I said, Dana Smart gives the guy time to say, hey, it's January, so it's not that far out. Take some time. We'll see if one of those guys is ready. Whoever wins that fight, one of those two will be ready at some point. And if not, Jamal's ready sometime in the summer. If yeah. this whole, like I said, ankle Achilles injury update is real and – actually can get that guy out there. Yeah, and um and I'm eyeballing this too, another name we gotta throw in there, um Anthony Smith. And I only throw that in that name mm. in there because he's got a little bit of beef with Pereira. Um and he's always been throwing his name in the pool. I'm seeing so we've got ankle so this is the top eight of the heavyweight div- of the light heavyweight division, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously we got Jamal Hill. He's not ranked yet. He's still right as the champion, but we got Jamal Hill, Yuri Ankalaev, Pereira, uh, Jan, Ratch, Rackage, Krylov, Johnny Walker, Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, Krylov is, is he coming off a win? Yeah, he's coming off a win against Ryan Spann. Anthony Smith just came off a fight night. Was Did he win this fight night? Yeah, he won. He beat Spann yeah. as well, too. He beat Spann. Um, so Krylov is, fight, is riding a three-fight win streak, so that's actually a little more impressive. But I can see this is what happened, what, what, what I'm seeing, right? Ankalaev is fighting um, Johnny Walker, right? Yep. We got Jan versus Rackage. That's happening. So Yuri and, and Jamal is on the sidelines, and Alex is the champion. Yuri needs to fight. Anthony Smith wants to fight. I got a fight right there. Anthony Smith taking on uh, uh, Yuri Prohashka. If Anthony Smith wins that, he vaults himself beating the number one ranked fighter um, in the lightweight division as of right now. And if Yuri gets the win, that's a big, uh, big win, a big comeback win, uh, beating a vet, a tough guy in this, uh, this sport who's very highly respected. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that, that's how I see it. Um, if not that, I could easily see them booking Krylov versus uh, Yuri, but um, we'll see about. It. I think Smith versus Yuri is more likely. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree that uh, a battle-tested Anthony Smith. Well, Mr. Adrian saying battle-tested Anthony Smith and then disappearing on us. He's back. He's back. Give him a second. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like you I said, said uh, you said battle-tested Anthony Smith. Yes, battle-tested Anthony Smith. He's somebody. He's a vet. He's been like you said, been there, done it, respected. Um, good test for Yuri to see. Like I said, come back after a loss, and especially like I, I think people a lot of forget uh, that he did go through that uh, shoulder injury, one of the most devastating surgeries that a fighter can go through. And he came back and fought for a title against uh, Alex Pajeda, and he didn't perform too poorly. And I think uh, with enough controversy, he might have gotten that rematch. But who knows? Anything could happen. Dana will surprise us in some way, somehow. This fight card, just shout out to the guys again in the matchmaking room. They just they figure it out. They pulled this whole thing out their ass last minute, and they give us a banger card, per usual. You know, so just shout outs to them, and you can always appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, excellent. And uh, we'll wrap up. Uh, what's next? Because we already talked about kind of uh, what's next for Aspinall. We, you know, um, so next for um, I want to talk about Sergey real quick. Mm-hmm. I think for Sergey Pavlovich, um, I'm looking at the heavyweight division. It's also kind of locked up, but he is um, – has he fought uh, this guy? Has he fought Volkov? I actually want to throw my hat, my, my little tinfoil hat on. I think that uh, Curtis uh, – not Curtis. I think that Cyril Ghan will end up fighting uh, Almeida. <sighs> I do. I think Almeida and Blades makes a lot more sense. I do too, but I, somehow, some way. I feel like Dana will really sit on his word between the the fight on Miocic and Jones, and that'll that'll end up making Tom 
sit out longer than most fans, myself included, and yourself included, because I know you want to see Tom fight again uh, longer than expected. Because I think Tom also agrees that he might not want to risk his interim championship status before even taking a shot at John Jones. But who knows? Anything can happen. And yeah. uh, we'll see. The only time will tell. Yeah, for Sergey, I'm looking at it. He hasn't fought Volkov. Um, Would be a bad, terrible matchup. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, that's the matchup I'm, I'm really looking at. Obviously, you know, Cyril Gunn would be a very interesting one. Um, him versus Almeida would be interesting. But like I said, I think Almeida ends up fighting Blades. I think we get Gunn versus uh, Aspinall. Um, I think we get Miocic Jones, and I think we get Pavlovich versus Volkov. I just booked your top seven heavyweights. Pay me, uh, send the check in the mail, Dana. Send the check in the mail, UFC. I am here to be hired by you, and I will do this for you guys. I only handle the big boys, though. I only handle the big boys outside the top fifteen. Yeah, I'm out of my element there. Um, but uh, next up, we're gonna discuss a thing that kind of stuck in my. Uh, see, dude, Adrian, these damn glasses keep fucking falling off my face. I got to get something for myself and I'm going to get something for myself. But the thing that stuck in my craw, Leon Edwards recently, I guess, had an interview and said, it's the bad mouth, bad taste in your mouth. If I beat Colby Covington, I want to challenge the winner of DDP versus Strickland at UFC 300 for the middleweight championship for double champ status. And I am sick and goddamn tired of this double champ shit for right now. Especially when it comes to guys who do not deserve it. All right? Buddy, you're not Adesanya. Buddy, you're not Conor fucking McGregor, mm-hmm. who is... I know people want to look at him and be like, well, he didn't defend the title at all. He jumped up because he's Conor McGregor and he plays by a different rule book just like Jones, than everybody else. That's why it pays to be the star. Pays to be the big guy. Leon, you are not that. Okay? You're big in UK. That's cool. You're not a star. Sorry to burst people's bubble. He's not a star. That's pretty fair assessment to make of Leon Edwards. I'll add the headshot dead narrative kind of helped him out a lot. but Yeah, it made him to enjoy. A lot of us are fans from the UFC because Conor McGregor, you know, you don't even have to ask a lot of people. You ask people in the street who Conor McGregor is, they probably know him. That's that. That's enough said. Yeah, exactly. Said. Yeah, yeah. Leon Edwards is not a star, so he's not going to command something like that. Also, you've defended your title once. Like, you defended your title once. So you defend your title twice against a guy you just said you have said leading up to this fight does not deserve a title shot. That he would be the last guy on your list to give a title shot. Yep. A guy that, if we're going to be honest, hasn't had a win over a person in the UFC in how many years? I think about two now, or a year. Well over a year. I think RDA might have been, might be the last guy he beat who is actually still active in the UFC, and he's not even ranked in either division yep. he's in. Yeah, but I, I think also... he's actually ranked in the, in the lightweight division. But let's say here and there. Leon, you got to defend the title, man. And you have got plenty of contenders. I'm looking at the welterweight division. You've got Bilal Muhammad. You've got a Shavkat Rachmanov. You've got a guy like Ian Gary who's coming up. A JDM who's coming up. You've got guys like that. You've got a guy who we believe is coming to the UFC, an MVP who's going to add a bolt of energy to that division. You've got guys. So for you to sit here and say, I want to move up and become double champ after two title defenses. No, no. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Defend your title more, and then if you clear the division out, we can talk about you moving up to middleweight. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to hear it for now. I really don't. What say you, Adrian? I agree 1,000%. Um, we already – you don't got to ask too many people if Kobe uh, Covington deserves his title shot or not. The majority of the people tell you no. And – um. On top of that, you, you, the quote was, um, "I don't see any interesting matchups in welterweight." Well, <laughs> let's just let's just rewind this video a couple seconds, and you can just hear the tangent this man just made on just went on. And those are the few: Bilal, Shavkat, Gilbert uh, looked pretty well before JDM. he lost. But he, uh, you got uh, Ian Gary on his way up. 
with when he makes it there. Uh, MVP, like you said, um, you got the yeah, champion yeah. in Bellator who's at middleweight that probably will pull up, and he just beat the shit out your brother, and you was talking mad shit in the cage. That would be an interesting fight. Uh, uh-huh. you, I mean, shit, like, I don't think you thought too hard about this one because clearly anybody and their mother can miss at least five people that are pretty much uh, interesting matchup in your own division. Um, you touched upon it, two title defenses. Not really a, a, a real solid wrestling. And he hasn't even uh, defended at the second time. Uh, like you're, you're and, and I'll, 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 I'll give him his props because he did it against debatably the second greatest welterweight. Some people want to say it's the greatest welterweight of all time. No, he's the Ooh, second. There's great. no, there's no awesome. debate he's the greatest. There's no I, debate he's the greatest. I, I don't think he is the greatest. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, but like I said, some people that's their error. That's cool. Yeah, I don't care. But, um, I don't care what they say. Um, yeah, I agree. But um, uh, it, at the end of the day, you got these guys that have been sitting around. I think a lot of people looking at below, like you know, like it's it's just the no, no, like absolutely not. I think you just want to you want to have it happen so you can make it happen. Sean, everybody wants to fight Sean Strickland. Uh, freaking, uh, what's this called? Hamza's trying to fight Sean Strickland. No, everybody <laughs> saw Israel dip the division, and everybody wants that strap. So I grant it to you. I bet you do. I bet you want your pay-per-view points. I bet you want your money. I bet you want to become even more of a star than you already are at this point because your stock went up. Let's be honest. But at the end of the day, you got to put some more skin in the game before you talk about holding two straps. Yeah, well, well said. And and listen, and, and Valentina was trying to fight Sean Strickland as well too. Uh, over the past. yeah, Valentina's trying to fight Sean Strickland. Yeah. Everybody um, is trying to fight. Everybody wants to fight Strickland. Listen, <laughs> the American champ, man. Everybody wants a piece of the American champ. Um, no, but um, but yeah, and and listen, this is no disrespect to to Leon, right? I believe he'll beat Bilal. I think he could beat Bilal handedly, honestly. Really? Oh, Shavkat, I, I'm not so sure about. That's a that's an interesting Shavka one. is a scary freaking individual. I believe what he's going to do to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, it, it could 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 end up if they weren't. Let's just put it this way: if they weren't in the cage, Shavkat Rachmanov would be in jail for what he is about to do to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And I hate to say that because I love Wonderboy; he's a legend. He's arguably a Hall of Famer. Probably is a Hall of Famer. It's going to be a crime what Shavkat is going to do to that man. You've got guys, and you've got a guy actually. We Ian Gary that we mentioned, who just said he was kicked out of your gym because you were getting a little too insecure about another kid up and comer getting a little bit more shine. Mm. Mm. I'm not saying I didn't I'm know that. I didn't know that. I'm just putting the information out there for you to decide. Um, but that is all we're going to talk about about the double champ status. Adrian, is there anything else that you would like to discuss that we didn't get to um, anything think of? Um, no, I think that um, – Oh, oh around. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Um, preview we'll, – we'll quickly preview the fight card this Saturday for UFC. Um, let me write that down real quick. <laughs> Um, okay, so we got Brendan Allen versus Paul Craig in the fucking Apex again. God damn it. The Apex. I hate it. I hate it's funny. Apex. I love that you bring that up because even in the post conference, he was asked. Was like, he was like, oh, the question was asked. And I was like, oh, uh, you think about doing more events like outside, like traveling? And he's like, yeah, like we're traveling everywhere. He's like, yeah. I was like, what? You don't like the Apex? And he's like, no, I just like traveling. He's like, bet. He's, and you asked him where he was from. He's like, oh, if, if we travel, I expect to see you. better show up. And I wish he wouldn't have just said, when Dana said, you don't like the Apex, don't just say, no, no, I just want to go. Say, yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, whatever, the Apex no, fucking sucks. Like the, Apex. the Apex sucks. I've spoken about this. It, it it absolutely drains you. You can't go from what we just saw Saturday night in Madison Square Garden with those rapid fans to freaking Apex of just like, oh, my God. Um, but we've got Brennan Allen taking on Paul Craig, two uh, two jujitsu guys, two submission guys. Uh, Paul Craig moving down, actually surprising a lot of people, able to get down to 185. Uh, he's a big fucking dude, and he was able to beat Andre Muniz, who's also a, ju- a jujitsu practitioner, but he was able to TKO him uh, earlier. Brennan Allen's fight uh, right in a five-fight win streak. He was able to submit Andre Muniz, so they've got a uh, pretty – uh, they got similar wins there, but MMA math never works. This would be an interesting fight. I'm I'm interested to see it. Um, I'm I'm happy it's going to be taking place earlier. Obviously, um, 
I don't really know who's going to win. I just think it's going to be a pretty – Paul Craig always brings it. He is an interesting man to watch fight. Um, so watching him is going to be uh, also, always uh, exciting because he's just like a zombie. He likes to walk forward, mm-hmm. and he'll either throw big shots or he'll uh, pull guard, try to get it. And uh, Brendan Allen probably welcome the pulling guard because he likes to uh, fancy himself a uh, submission guy too. So what do you think uh, about the fight this Saturday night? Um, I think that uh, if you're a fight fan, like – like that's these are the type of fights that you want to uh, start tuning into because these are a, a good mix of some guys that are looking to find their way into the rankings, some guys that are trying to find their way higher in the rankings. Yeah, Alan. Like, Alan like is a like a Paul Alan, Craig. So, Alan. T- Alan is a ranked tenth. Ten exactly. So, Craig is thirteen. So so it is looking. These guys are really looking to stamp their future in this uh, league and uh, put on performances that'll. Uh, hit some highlight reels, hit some uh, TikTok uh, <laughs> feeds, and um, definitely get their name out there. So if you are a fight fan and you just like to see some some good fights or some highlights, don't don't sleep on some of these guys. Come check this out. Come check this fight card out because you, there might be some sleepers. Definitely would be some sleepers on there. There might, yeah. I mean, I'm looking. The only other fight that I really rec- – I mean, I know Jake Matthews. He's a massive underdog, actually. Um. Chase Hooper taking on Jordan Levitt. I was um, going to say Jordan Levitt, Chase Hooper. Yeah, Levitt's obviously the guy that's known for uh, twerking and stuff and then getting um, submitted by uh, Patty Pimlet and then teabagged on. Uh, Chase Hooper is obviously most famous for being Ben Askren's illegitimate son. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that'll be interesting. It's it's a uh, it's a fight card that you, uh, that you tune into that could obviously have uh, some sleeper fights because these are young, hungry uh, men and women who are not very known and uh, would obviously like to make a name for himself, and that is why I am begging for Dana to get the fuck out of the goddamn apex and put these people in front of people, people. that make the, the the fan experience at home and there much more enjoyable to be like, holy shit, look at this, because it's just the moments. It's about moments in sports, guys. It's about moments in sports. And nobody remembers the moments of – I mean, for God's sake, Daniel Cormier's final fight was in the goddamn apex. Why don't you make the oh. Apex the venue? Or just make an Apex a venue and just make money out of the Apex? They do. They do. They have they have about like I give or take a hundred people, maybe, maybe less. Hundred. No, yeah, that's, that's not that's not a venue. That's a that's a hangout. Well, I know they don't they, yeah, UFC. they don't have yeah, they don't have that that's many a watch party. There. That's a live I remember, watch party. You remember they remember earlier this year they went to um I think it was the Hard Rock or, or something. It was a smaller venue in Vegas where uh Marab versus uh Piotr Jan, um and that cool setup that they had, right? That that's where it's like a four or five thousand seat arena. If you don't want it, just fucking leave the apex, please. Just leave the apex. I know it saves you money. I get it. Dana, one or one or twice a year. Dana, listen to me. This is the pitch, Dana. This is your money guy, right? Set up. You got you 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 love. You're starting to figure out these stadiums. You've been in a couple of them. You know a couple guys. You know you know a few people that know the business a little well. You know, a little, a little, they know the, the dabble in the stadium. You know, you talked about knowing James Dolan, right? So get a, get, get, get some information. Make that apex an actual venue. Get people to actually sell things out of the apex. Invest a little bit. And maybe you'll, that'll be end up being a, a UFC exclusive arena that'll get people to do. And maybe you start doing that in different places around the US and maybe even around the world. That, that's something that would be interesting. But, Hey, save yourself some money from, like you said, those stadium bookings. Uh, keep the stadium atmosphere by adding those that fan experience and keeping those eyes in front of those athletes and put some money in your pocket, bro. Put some money in your pocket. It, it, <laughs> it, it, listen, yeah, we know why they're doing the. Yeah, we know why they're doing the apex. It's to save the save money, and um, it was good during the. It was awesome, very clutch during the pandemic because it was mm-hmm. literally all we had. But um, yeah, we're not in the pandemic anymore. Yeah, uh, we're we're pretty good. We're fine. Put put uh, a put an update on the on the apex. Uh, yeah, get the I mean, look, and, and, there, and add some seats. You know what sucks too is that it's a smaller octagon, like so, really? like that that changes the fights, and it's just like that that uh, it's just stupid. Um, yeah, it's really dumb. Uh, when you really maybe they should just throw it. some seats in there, get some screaming fans in there, get some photographer seats. Nah, I still uh, just get get out of the apex. If you want to do it once or twice a year, I'm perfectly fine with that, but. Multiple times, it's just—I mean, more than multiple. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, get a walkway, add some uh, fireworks, add some freaking yeah, smoke machines in that bitch. Oh, I'm, I'm tired. I'm I'm done with the apex. And um and and we'll quickly um run down. 
Bellator deposit. I, I think it's Bellator's final show, but we we still don't fucking know. Bellator three hundred one is this Friday, November seventeenth. Um, it's got some names on there actually that I would actually uh, know very uh, very much. Um, main card starting off is uh Patricky Pitbull taking on Alexander uh, Shop Shabili. I, I don't know Shabili. I'm gonna be honest with you, Patricky. Uh, I know patricky has got the power. Um, big prospect AJ McKee, Sydney Outlaw. Uh, I don't know why. Who is Sydney Outlaw? He's a guy who's 17 fights. Okay, but I mean, why is AJ McKee not fighting top fucking three? Wait, I don't understand. Okay. Um, Rafael Stotts is taking on Sabatello in a rematch. Um, Sabatello, you know, he's a loud mouth, but he's pretty fucking boring um, when you watch him fight, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, Sergio Pettis, Patchy Mix. That actually is going to be a very interesting fight. Uh, they're, they're, um, Ah, uh, God, what's the fucking word, Adrian? I'm looking for their um, undisputifying the championship. Uh, one unifying, thing, unifying, unifying. Thank you, Unifi- undisputifying. Yeah. Um, they're unifying the cha- world champion and IC and the interim Patchy Mix and uh, Sergio Pettis at bantamweight. That is actually an interesting fight. Um, I'll probably tune in. I'll definitely tune in for that. And then uh, the main event is the returning Yaroslav Amoslav. Uh, 28 and over 29. No, now taking on Jason Jackson. Not very familiar with him, but possibly the final Bellator card of um, Bellator's existence. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's in Chicago. Yeah, that, that's that's really you know all I speak. I don't know if you want to mention anything about Bellator. Or talk about nothing. Yeah, it's- uh, Bellator, man. I mean, a lot of the only thing I can really talk about Bellator is the um, the Usman. Uh, controversy. He got caught up with the uh, PD. Yeah, but, he did, didn't he? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, to quote the great, the great Nate Diaz. All these motherfuckers are on steroids. All <laughs> these motherfuckers are on steroids. You're taking everything that I work for, motherfucker. I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. Um, but that is gonna be all that we give to you tonight. That is gonna wrap us up for episode 140 of the Wise Guys podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you've stayed this long, please give us a thumb. Sup? I said a thumb. <laughs> give us a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe if you are new. Share the content with your friends and family and on social media. Tell people about us. Ring that little notification bell. Da-ding, da-ding. And um Comment along with us and tell you tell us uh, your thoughts on what we discussed today of everything from UFC 295. What's next for after 295? Um, are you guys sick and tired of double champ status? Because I, I am, especially with people that don't really deserve it or have earned it. Um, predictions for UFC this weekend and predictions for Bellator 301 uh, this Friday night. But that is going to be all. And don't forget to follow and um, subscribe. Follow us on social medias and stuff like that links are in the description i'm fucking always doing that i've been brady cabazello that was adrian pinetes and we are audi bye bye everybody bless you